Hi, I'm Jenny Owens with the Health Data Ethics Podcast, and today I'm really excited because we have our first interview podcast. I had hoped that this would be a, a great mechanism to talk to some leaders in the field, and today I'm really, really excited to have Kay Dickison with us. Um, Kay, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. So I've been in healthcare for over 25 years and have developed expertise in healthcare operations, technology, data, and sustainability. Um, I had the opportunity to serve in executive leadership roles at some of the top healthcare organizations in the nation, um, including NYU Langone, um, more recently at the Cleveland Clinic, where I was the Associate Chief Information Officer overseeing their EHR and clinical systems. Um, I've also worked as a COO for a company that specializes in healthcare data management and archiving. So I've, I've seen firsthand the challenges um, with healthcare data and systems management. And now I run um, Tipping Point Sustainability Solutions, which is I think it's the first um, consulting group that really focuses on healthcare sustainability efforts and helping organizations be successful in developing and executing sustainability programs within the organization. So that brings me to the the point on which we recently reconnected, right? So so outside of my work in healthcare IT, I'm interested in environmentalism. This has long been a passion of mine. And so the intersection of my private interest and my, my day job is like really cool. Can you tell me a little bit about the ecological impact of healthcare in general and then healthcare data in particular? Yes. So, you know, like you, I've always been interested in environmental issues and it's really been fun for me to pull my my love of that and my love of healthcare kind of together. So um, I appreciate that. So the last few years, I would say in particular, climate crisis has really started to hit home. You know, we're seeing more heat waves, we're seeing more extreme events, um, more infectious diseases, and more people just winding up in the hospital due to climate-related challenges. So I would say more broadly than just the data component of it, we really need to understand the healthcare industries. Um, role in climate change and in the environment. So one of the things I was really surprised to find out is that the healthcare sector accounts for almost 10% of the U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. So I just want to pause for a second. I mean, that was just astounding to me. I mean, I knew the healthcare sector was a large sector, um, but it, I never really understood that we were really contributing that substantially to the problem. Um, so I think that's that's been really, um, you know, surprising to me, but also helped me understand we really need to focus on on mitigating our impact. So I really always think back to the underpinning of healthcare, which is really the Hippocratic Oath to first do no harm. So it's really against the mission of healthcare to be poisoning people in the environment um, and causing climate change. Well, at the same time, you you know you're in service. Of healing people. So really mitigating the impact is kind of one aspect of what we need to think about, you know, at this nexus of healthcare and, and climate. Secondly, healthcare organizations need to improve their climate resilience. Um, everybody has emergency preparedness planning that they do. I think we have to do it a little bit differently because some of the things that, that we will experience are, are not based on past experience. We have to really be thinking forward and planning for things that we wouldn't have normally expected. So um, a lot of that is really around making sure that we we have systems and, um, you know, when it comes to either our technology systems or our hospital operating systems, our backup generation of power, that we really have systems that will withstand um, extreme weather events. I had, you know, the opportunity to be in New York City 
working um, at NYU shortly after Sandy hit. And, you know, just hearing the stories of the impact of a hurricane, you know, people never thought we would be hit that far up the East Coast with a hurricane. Um, And it was devastating. Hospitals closed. We had to evacuate hospitals. A lot of the infrastructure is in the basement. Well, when it all flooded, you know, it all shut down. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to data centers and data, we need to be to be thinking about that as well. So from a data perspective, you know, I think, you know, when I think about data and ethics and the environment, how it all comes together, we need to, you know, consider the impact of our data center and technology operations on the environment. So within healthcare organizations, every group needs to think about their impact. Um, data centers are heavy users of energy. Mm-hmm. And if you think about, think about at the Cleveland Clinic, Jen, where how many, how many technology devices do we deploy? Thousands and thousands and thousands. So I'm thinking about, about the monitors and the computers and oh, the, the yes. mobile devices. And like, I, there, there's so much. So making sure that we're looking at energy efficiency of those devices that we have programs in place to recycle and reuse a lot of those devices when their life, you know, time is done. And then also looking at just improving energy efficiency overall. Um, uh, Energy Star has a tool called Portfolio Manager, and it actually has a way to, for organizations to go in and assess the efficiency of their data center relative to other data centers. So it kind of benchmarks you and you can see how you're performing relative to others and offers a lot of options for how you can improve efficiency. Um, so I think that's all I've seen actually some healthcare organizations do some really kind of cool and, and innovative things where they're capturing the heat that's generated from data centers to heat the hospital. And I mean, there's some really cool things if you want to, you know, go to extremes out there um, that you can do. Um, but I think there's just some basic things that people can, can do. And if you aren't hosting your data center and you're partnering with a, with a third party to do that. We hospitals have the obligation, I believe healthcare organizations have the obligation to use their purchasing power to drive partners to also adopt sustainability um, practices. Absolutely. There's a lot of cool ideas out there. I would love to hear more about some of these maybe on a future episode. Um, I think sometimes we think we have to reinvent the wheel. Mm. Healthcare, we do that a lot. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. there's there's just so much activity in the space that very quickly you could, you could grab, you know, a lot of ideas and implement them very, very quickly. So yeah, a lot of low hanging fruit. So in a previous episode, I talked about the, like the real tension between the desire to generate as much discrete data as possible. And then the effect on the end user by having them do all this tapping, clicking, selecting from a menu. And in that, in that setting, I was talking about it from the, from the perspective of the end user, right? It's not great end user design to have your every interaction with the system be discretized like that. But you bring up a really good point, right? If the goal of the hospital system, not just the individuals, but the hospital system is to do no harm or to minimize the harm that one does, then what else do we need to consider when we're generating and when we're using and maybe even when we're archiving healthcare data? Yeah, so healthcare data is used for a variety of purposes. Many, you know, to your point, we have to, it's a, always a balance. So you have to you have to balance the impact on the end user and the benefit of collecting the data. Sometimes, you know, the pendulum swings a little too far the other way and we have to settle back uh, to where it's more reasonable and make sure that the data we're collecting or we're making people, you know, enter is actually being used and it's valuable, right? So so what are the key sets of information that you need? And then, you know, making sure that you're getting those as discreetly as possible so that you can leverage them to 
either apply to research or improve patient care, both quality and delivery. So I've seen some, you know, healthcare organizations do some great things um, with data, understanding um, health populations and the needs and really doing targeted outreach and, and ensuring that vulnerable populations and people that don't have the access that we would want, you know, are, are treated and cared for um, in a better way. So healthcare data is very powerful and has a lot of beneficial aspects to it. Um, I think there's, there are the, the other side of that, right? And, and I, again, I think we have to use the do no harm as kind of our North Star when we're looking at this. Um, because there's the impact of collecting a lot of data and it's not used. We don't always have quality data. We have a lot of data, but we don't understand. The data environments are so complex that it's it's sometimes, you know, you, ha- you can have the same data in multiple systems and it's entered in different ways. So you really have to understand where your data is coming from. And, you know, when you embark on an archiving program, it kind of forces you to really look at your entire healthcare landscape and understand it. So the more you understand it, the more you can manage it and make really good decisions around it. So I think with with healthcare data, the other consideration that's, you know, I think we're hearing a lot about right now is just the monetization of data. Mm-hmm. So healthcare data is being, being shared by pharmacies, labs, EHRs. There's a lot of um, shared data, middlemen who have access to that, you know, that data. Mm-hmm. So there's always the question of who, whose data is it? Is it the patient's data? Who owns the data? Um, if somebody gets the data and, and they benefit financially from that data because they can create a new drug or, you know, I don't know what, what it's mm-hmm. used for, but who, who actually gets to benefit from that? Um, the anonym, most of the data is anonymized, so it, it's removing identifiers, you know, patient name, date of birth, those types of things. But there is a concern that the more data that's out there, somebody could potentially de-anonymize the data and actually, you know, find out information about patients. And then those breaches could be, could be pretty significant. So I think those are all things we have to think about. Um, from an archiving perspective, to me, I've, I've worked on both sides. So I've worked for a company that provides an archiving product. And I've also worked in a healthcare organization that um, had a robust um, application rationalization or data archiving program. I think every healthcare organization should have um, a data archiving or application rationalization program because there's just many benefits. First, um, you know, you can achieve significant cost savings uh, by retiring unused or redundant systems. So that's, that's a primary driver often in these programs because it's just, you know, can, can provide a huge ROI. I worked with one very large healthcare organization who in 18 months time, we had saved them $26 million annually. That's, so that's ongoing, you know, (laughs) um, so significant cost savings. Um, You also have the ability to mitigate security vulnerabilities by eliminating unsupported applications and just shrinking by shrinking your tech stack and the number of applications you have, you can manage them more effectively and it takes less resources. So there are a lot of benefits. Now, there's a lot of considerations, too, when you're looking at an archiving program. You want to make sure you have a great vendor that you can work with. And you have to understand, you have to do some due diligence first, right? Understand for each application how you will use the data, who needs to access the data, 
all of the legal, regulatory, security, and risk management considerations. Um, so it does take some work to get it set up, but once you get it set up, it's really, I think, a win-win-win all around. And then obviously, by reducing your stack, reducing you know, your need for management and the cost savings, you're also likely reducing your impact um, on the environment at the same time. So again, I think we think in healthcare organizations that we have to have separate sustainability programs and separate operational initiatives, but often they overlap and there's a lot of co-benefits. So um, application rationalization and archiving is another one of those programs. It's just really a win all around. That is fantastic. It's nice to know the financial incentives are going in the correct direction for once. Um, so I, I, I could talk to you about this for a long time, and I, I'm sure that we will. Um, I do need to wrap, but I wanted to ask, is there anything you want to tell me that I haven't asked about? Any any questions you want to answer that I haven't thought to ask you? No, I just think I want to reiterate again that this is this is a great time for healthcare organizations and all organizations really to to jump onto the sustainability bandwagon. Um, as I mentioned, there's there's a lot of carrots right now. At some point, there will be sticks, so better to get ahead of it so you're not looking at regulatory, you know, implications later on and trying to play catch up. Um, President Biden put out the White House and the Health um, and Human Services put out a health sector pledge last year that they've just opened up again for signatures. Over 100 healthcare um, systems have jumped on and are committing to being net zero by 2050. So again, this is a great time to to look at that for your organization. Um, Healthcare Without Harm has a great program as well. They have a climate action playbook for hospitals, a lot of great stories. To your point, you can look in there and see what other healthcare organizations are doing and understand that, you know, there are a lot of benefits financially for doing this work as well. And right now, I think we all understand that many health organizations are struggling after COVID Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, build their margins back up again. So this is a great way, like I said, to benefit people, the planet, you know, your patients, profitability all at the same time. And Tipping Point Sustainability Solutions, we're there to help. We we really want to be a light touch support. So we want to help organizations really create their own programs, almost that teach them to fish so that they're not dependent on consultants for a long period of time, really just to get them up and running and to be that expert to help be out there in the community, um, understanding all of the incentives and the programs that they can leverage. Well, that's fantastic. So that's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting today. I really, really liked our conversation. Thanks so much, Jen. I appreciate it. Thank you.